Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations. I'm your host, Dawn. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here. So today's guest is Savannah Shea Blake. She is talking about a lot today. We're talking about anxiety and dealing with bullying and how your outside affects your inside and your inside affects your outside. So super cool topics here, and I can't wait for you to hear about it. She deals with meditation and yoga, um, so that's how she helps other people cope with these issues. So if you would like to reach out to me, I am at conversations at gmail.com, and you can find me on all the socials at the Conversations Podcast. Okay, everybody, here we go. Savannah. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm super excited to talk to you today. Do you have a hard time going back and thinking about what caused your anxiety to begin with? Is that something that you don't want to talk about? I wanted to ask that (laughs) before we got going. Oh, no, I'm an open book. This is this is what I talk about. So I don't think you can. Yeah, I'll I'll tactfully avoid anything I don't want to talk about and you'll never even know I avoided it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Well, welcome and thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You um, cover a lot of things that I really would like to talk about. um, So thank you. I thank you for having me and giving me an opportunity to talk about those things. Yeah, sure. Um, So I have people that are close to me that suffer from anxiety pretty, pretty regularly and I personally don't feel like I have any of that going on with myself. And so it's hard for me to relate or know what to do or to say. That's my my main thing is, um, you know, how do, how do you approach someone that is maybe not having an actual anxiety or panic attack, but they're in the, in the zone where they just are not seeing things in my mind clearly. What's the best way to approach that? Uh, So it just really depends on the person, but you can, a lot of times because, okay, because there's a lot of different types of anxiety and anything from overthinking is what people generally think about anxiety being about, Yes, but it can also be um, allergy based or trauma based. And it just kind of depends on what particular flavor of anxiety you're working with. And that being said, there's a lot of things that you can do with the overthinking type of anxiety, like meditation and grounding exercises and mindfulness practices that can that are designed to just kind of get you out of your head and into the present moment. Okay. So what? how did this all start for you? What, what per- caused your anxiety? So I've had it since I can remember. So I don't ever remember not having it. (laughs) Um, And when, so from the earliest memory until about age 20 something another, Mm -hmm. um, most of it was based around self-image and confidence and self-esteem and that kind of stuff. I was what you would describe as a silent child. I could talk and if you, but really only in one-on-one settings, any other. And even then it really depended on the person and who they were. 
um, or else I just I physically couldn't make words come out of my mouth. I would open my mouth to speak and nothing would come out. Um, and a lot of that stemmed from how I was raised and being bullied at school. And it just felt like for most of my childhood, every direction I turned was a not safe place. Um, just depending on, so it was really in my early twenties when I started getting out of the confidence problem type of anxiety. <laughs> uh, but then I tried out some, uh, postpartum anxiety and then I tried out some, <laughs> <laughs> you were dabbling. <laughs> I was, I was making sure that I dipped my toes in all of them, I guess. Uh, I, so I've, I've kind of tried, I've, I've, I've seen different directions from all of it. Like I totaled two vehicles in one weekend and had anxiety around driving. Oh. Uh, so bad to the point that I didn't drive for like six years. And because every time I tried to get behind the wheel, I would have a panic attack so bad to the point that I would black out. Oh my gosh. It was pretty bad. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. And it's so sad to me that you have dealt with that since as long as you can remember. I mean, like, how did you even know that you were different? How did you even know that? I mean, was it based just on talking to other friends or something that you're like, oh, they don't feel like that when they go to things? Uh, honestly, I just knew I was, I just, it was very obvious. I didn't okay. have to find out I was different. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't a matter of being shy. It was legit, legitimate, like fear to speak. Well, uh, shyness was definitely part of it. Okay. Um, but it was more like, I was afraid, but I was afraid of people. Okay. Um, I did absolutely fine by myself and I did absolutely fine with a select few people one-on-one, but like in school, especially I, I lost most range of motion in my neck and shoulders because I was so closed off and stiff and trying to make myself small, uh, just because I was terrified anybody was going to notice I exist. Oh my gosh. I cannot even fathom that. Yeah. That is horrible. How, see, I feel like um, people talk about be kind, you know, the hashtag be kind and all that trying to get people not to bully. But how did you deal with it? You Did you just avoid all other kids and just sat off by yourself? I mean, how do you avoid? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, that breaks my heart. I hate that whole topic. I hate that they're are individuals out there that can make people feel so small and insignificant. And in turn, it can end up turning into suicides, you know, and that's oh, yeah. how, what would be your advice to a, an adolescent, say any age, grade school, they're getting teased or whatever. What do you think is a way to cope? So something that helped me, um, and it didn't until I was grown. I just kind of survived through high school and middle school and all of that mm -hmm. until I got out into the quote unquote real world and adulthood and whatnot and was finally interacting with other people. But uh, I started studying myself in an effort to get rid of all of this that clammed me up and made me quiet and whatnot because I knew I wanted bigger things in the world and I knew that I could not get those things in the state like personality state that I was in at that time so I started studying myself and trying to understand 
uh, people essentially and the psychology behind it and whatnot. And it really helped me to learn that every interaction you have with people is a reflection of what's going on within themselves. So the bullies that lash out are only trying to compensate or mask something within themselves that is painful or hurtful. And they're trying to put the attention on you so that nobody uh, sees it in them. Right. What that boils down to is most people, we pretty much all have the exact same insecurities. It's just a matter of how we take that energy and channel it into our interactions. Yeah. I find that stuff so fascinating. You know, just all of that projection and bullying and all that, how it is, it's them. It's not you and how hurt people hurt people. You know, it's, it's, it's a real thing, but when you're going through it, I mean, I was bullied and my daughter was bullied. My sister was bullied. I feel like it's that sixth, seventh, eighth grade area where the hormones are raging and kids just lose their marbles and they are so mean. They are. They really are. And it's, you know, you're wanting to be friends with so-and-so one day and then the next day, everybody against that person. And, oh my God, I, mm-hmm. I, I can see where somebody that's very frail or doesn't have a huge support system at home could go to dark places like that. Oh yeah. There was definitely a couple of times in my teenage years where I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. <laughs> but I was always able to be like, no, I'll eventually get out into the real world and this will end. I w- so I was lucky enough to be able to see a future. I just had to kind of bide my time and wait it out until I could reach it. And well, and for you to even in your early 20s, start thinking that you need to get introspective and figure out a way for you to fix yourself so that you can um, move on in your life. That's huge because 20 year olds usually are not focused on themselves other than being self-absorbed, <laughs> but yeah, not, you know, like inner work type of, you know, stuff. Well, something that I think helped me a lot was that uh, because I was so quiet and so closed off and so to myself, I, when I, in my mid twenties, early to mid twenties, I discovered what meditation was and well, I kept hearing about it. Right. Because I knew I wanted things in life. I didn't exactly know what, and I was just trying to study other people who had things in life. Right. So things that, that something that kept coming up was meditation. All of these people meditated. So I was like, okay, great. I guess I definitely need to focus on that area, but what exactly is it? And I don't know if you've ever Googled meditation, but the definition is the act of meditating. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Very helpful. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I was like, well, great. Awesome. I have no idea where to go to go from here. Did but you I found on to meditating right away. I mean, not just that you liked it, but did, did it feel like it was working right away? Okay. So it took me a really long time to figure out exactly what they wanted me to do because, uh, so what I ended up doing was I found some guided meditations on like YouTube, which is usually where people start. Yep. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was following along and I was bored out of my mind and I was like, okay, great. So in my mind, I'm walking through a meadow and there's a tree. Right. Cool. <laughs> but like, what is the point? I don't understand. I need to know the point. I need to know the thing behind the thing behind the thing. I need to know the end goal so that I can can work towards it because yeah, this isn't doing anything. Yeah. So what I finally, it finally clicked with me that meditation is simply 
figuring out who you are and why you are the way you are and learning how to take that and essentially control it instead of have it control you. And then upon realizing this, uh, I also realized that I had actually unintentionally my entire life since childhood been meditating. I just didn't realize it because all of those years when I was being by myself and afraid of everybody, I was just laying in my bed, staring at my ceiling and trying and thinking and playing in my head and trying to figure out why I was so different and why people targeted me and why this and why that. And so that is essentially a lot of the, what they call shadow work. That is actually the goal of meditation. It's figuring out who you are and why you are this way and why are they like that and trying to put all the pieces together so that you can move forward in a positive manner. That is so deep. I love that though. So, but there wasn't anything that was wrong with you. I mean, you were born who you were. So right. why, why are you doing wanting to do inner work about a poor little kid? Like, what did you think was wrong with you? Oh, I didn't have a clue, but I figured that there was something because I, in, from a child's point of view, they don't have that uh, discernment. Right. To be able to know that it's not you, it's them. It's and they shouldn't be treating you like that. But as a society and culture, we don't always treat our children the way we're supposed to treat them. And it's all because we didn't know, you know, it was hurt people trying to do their best as parents, yeah. as caregivers, as from a also hurt child point of view. So it hurt children don't mature the way they're supposed to into adults uh, mentally and emotionally. So essentially they're still hurt children on the inside, but mm -hmm. now they're in adult bodies and we expect them to do adult things the way they're in a healthy manner, but they didn't yeah. learn a healthy manner to begin with. So it's just perpetuating those cycles and those problems from their parents and their parents' parents. And so yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Just like the cycle just keeps repeating itself. Yes. Do you feel like you stopped the cycle with your children? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. It was my only goal from a very early point in my life that um, I would put in place things that were different and better for my own children, for sure. Oh, do you have siblings? I have three sisters, um, but only one grew up with me. Okay. Are you close? <laughs> are you guys close? We are not. And uh, we're trying to be. Uh, in the past, say, five years or so, um, our, my children and then her starting to have her children uh, really started to bring us together. So we're trying. That's good. Yeah, because your kids then can have cousins and mm -hmm. and uh, grow up because cousins are important. I think for a lot of people, they don't they're not close with their cousins, but I grew up with mine and I just think that's a fun, fun bond. Oh, yeah. I had a cousin that was the same age as me and me and him spent every waking moment we could in our entire childhood together. So he was one of your support systems. He was. He was probably um, my primary support system in childhood. And you guys were still close? No. <laughs> oh. I know. It's very sad. But we what? got and we went different ways in life and he doesn't live here anymore. And it's just one of those things. Don't you think, though, sometimes that people enter your life and exit your life because they have come in to show you something or teach you something 
you know, fulfill their purpose and then they just kind of fade away. Absolutely. Yeah. So he clearly was there for you when you needed somebody. Mm -hmm. And, um, so do you feel like there was a turning point for you where you just were like confident, feeling good? Like, do, do you remember having that epiphany at all? So it comes and goes. Uh, to this point in day, uh, sometimes I feel like I can take on the world and you could plot me on the middle of a stage and I could just thrive and I can wear some glittery, sparkly, <laughs> shiny sequence pants to Walmart and be absolutely confident in it. And then other days I feel like who I used to be. And I, it's just a give and take, a ebb and flow. And uh, such is the nature of life. Everything's always, nothing's constant. So yeah everything's up and down and sometimes you feel like you're on top of the world and sometimes it's like you feel like you've backtracked but really it's just things in your head that you have to work out again yeah so you have two children so clearly you had a close relationship with your spouse or you know the person that is their dad was <laughs> that hard for you dating when you were going through so much mentally like that uh, well, so me and him, we found each other when we were 16 and um, we didn't intend. I was never looking today. I was never I was just very focused on work and school and moving forward and doing my thing. And then he just kind of showed up and then never went away. So <laughs> <laughs> we've been How together. Romantic. I know. <laughs> He's like a wart. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, I never wanted him to go away either. So yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just teasing. Um, are you guys still together? <laughs> we are. We've been together for about 15 years now. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so what did you go to college? I went to college for a little while. Um, I flunked out probably halfway on purpose. I did not mm -hmm. want to go to college. <laughs> yeah. It's but not that's for everybody. No. And it definitely wasn't for me. And I, but I was. <clears throat> I don't want to say forced, but there wasn't much wiggle room for, an, there was, no wasn't an option. Okay. <laughs> so um, I went for a couple of years, I flunked out and was so happy that I did. So <laughs> happy that I did. I was like, thank goodness, I don't have to do this anymore. Um, I lost my loans and I was like, yay, it was great. And then uh, my family pulled together money and we're like here you go now you can go to the next semester and fix it and I was like oh okay no, I want, I want to be a <laughs> please let me fail alone <laughs> yeah so I went for like one more year and then flunked out of that one too and I was like Phew, thank goodness that's over <laughs> because like I'm a really good student if I'm allowed to study my own things that I'm interested in yeah and I've learned more since I've been out of school in high school and college than I ever, ever, ever did while in there. Um, I just can't focus if you're wanting me math. Oh my goodness. I can't do math. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't even go there. I, I, and when my husband, he's really good at math, but he'll like say a math problem out loud. Like what is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Like, that's, right? not, yeah. that's where I feel anxiety. Oh, long division. That was what did me in. I hated yeah. math so much. Yeah. But I could do everything. words. I can, um, I could write a whole paper in like an hour. So 
That's how I am too. I love words. Obviously Mm -hmm. I talk all the time, but I, I just feel like it's, there's certain people for certain things and that's just the way it's meant to be. We don't have to be good at everything. Right. I agree completely. Yeah. Um, So what is it that you do now? What's your job? Uh, So I teach yoga and meditation in the real world. And then online I have eBooks and courses and I do podcasts and mostly I just spread this type of information because I wish it had been more easy access to myself like I wish somebody had told me this as a kid and I wish that somebody had told my parents this when I was a kid so that they could help me and so pretty much everything I do now is just trying to spread that around. Yeah, get the message out there and that's what I want too. like I I would love for somebody to stumble upon this and listen to it and, and think, wow, I wonder if my kid is going through that or have some, a teenager listen to it and think, okay, this is how I can get through it. I mean, do you think that therapy is necessary or is there a ways that maybe kids that can't afford therapy or don't even want to get their parents involved is meditation, what you think is the key? So I have probably not the best outlook on therapy. I've tried therapy and I've had a lot of people come to me who have tried therapy that it didn't help and it didn't work. And I think a lot of that is um, the society and culture that we're coming from. You know, mental health has only been a big thing the past however many years, like not very long at all. Yeah. And before it was a thing people just kind of shut off their emotions, shut off their traumas, shut off best they could and just kept on keeping on trekking through trying not to agitate those demons essentially in their heads. Right. Yeah. Uh, And since it's such a new thing, we still kind of have a lot of those outlooks on life that that's how you handle it instead of working through it because working through it is a work. It is a, it's a, a process that you have to work at doing. Yeah. People don't want to do that. They're like, what's the, uh, what's the easy, what's the quick route? Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So in my own personal experiences with therapy, I have <clears throat> always landed with someone who you can obviously tell haven't done, hasn't done the work themselves. Yeah. And if you haven't done the work yourselves yourself, you can't really help anybody progress from where they're at either. Can you go a little into depth about the work? Like what, how it like explain that to somebody like it's a kindergartner, like what, how do they go about working on the shadow self? Well, when you have uh, negative feelings and emotions that come up, you know, we all do. We all have these things that come up and they cause problems. Yep. Well, that is an opportunity to do the work. That's an opportunity to sit with those emotions and feeling and feelings and dissect them and try to figure out where they're coming from. And once you find out where they come, they're coming from, dig deeper than that and ask where that's coming from and just trace it as far back as you possibly can. And nine times out of 10, it's not something that originated within you at all, but was something that originated outside of you that somebody told you or somebody instilled in you or a situation circumstances ha- situation or circumstance happened and you formulated this belief around a thing, that thing, mm-hmm. in, in, in order to protect yourself. But <clears throat> in protecting ourselves with these beliefs, sometimes we put up walls that block ourselves from progressing past it as well. Okay. 
That makes sense. <clears throat> and meditating, how often do you meditate? Um, I mean, I know you teach it, but I mean, like, do you do it separate from teaching it? Do you do it at home too? Okay. So I do, but there's a lot of misconceptions around meditation. Everybody thinks that it's sitting cross-legged in the yes. floor with yep. some wind chimes or <laughs> music in the background <laughs> and you're like oming and yeah. breathing. And uh, I, I like to tell people to not overthink it so much. All it is, is being mindful and all mindfulness is, is being present. Okay. So just checking in with your senses and oh, as this can be done anytime, anytime it pops in your head, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what's going on. The shower is a great place because yeah. you don't have all those distractions. Um, the dr driving is a great place uh, as long as you don't zone out too much, but you know, yeah. we're capable <laughs> of that. But essentially you just want to uh, come back into your body and feel it check in with your senses. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? How does the air feel on your skin? What are you touching? What textures can you find? Um, relax, making a conscious effort to relax your shoulders, relax your face muscles, sit up straight and tall, create space in the neck. All of these things are meditation. As long as it's mindful, intentional, uh, towards a positive purpose, it's considered meditation. And that's all it is. It's a practice. It's a practice of being and mm -hmm. how to be. And you bring yourself to the present. And then do you do um, like affirmations? Are you trying to talk nice to yourself mm -hmm. if you're dealing with really negative things going on around you? I think affirmations are a great place to start. Um, you have to believe them, though, if you're going to work with them. Affirmations are a tool, just like meditation is a tool and mindfulness is a tool. It's all falls into the same categories of tools that you can use to move in a positive direction, because that's all any of us are trying to do is go from point A to point B. But in going from point A to point B, we have to find contentment in where we are at the moment because yeah. the moment is the only thing we actually have. Right. And, and to build a better point B, you have to start with point A and because if you're doing the same thing every day, then you're going to be creating the same point A every day. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I struggle with it so much. I've tried to tried the guided meditations and, um, you know, I've got the monkey mind thing going on where I'm probably making too much out of it. And I'm trying to make my mind actually stop, come to a complete halt instead of letting the feelings come and then letting them go and recognizing them. Like I can read all day about what I'm supposed to do, but mm -hmm. when I try and do it, I feel like I'm too aware of what's going on outside my surroundings. <laughs> I can't, tune that out or something mm -hmm. uh it's just a practice and okay every time every time you notice that's part of the practice the first step is noticing okay and then the second step is trying to redirect so you're not actually trying to clear your mind that'll come in time okay. but it's a natural progression that you will hit unintentionally by first noticing and then two redirecting and okay. that's all it is. So interesting. Yeah. I just need to keep, keep at it. Cause I, 
I hear constantly about the benefits from it. And I'm like, I want some of that, (laughs) but I can't seem to get it. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I, why can't I get there? You know? So I just keep practicing and I am also very impatient and want things yesterday. So I'm guilty of that. Right. And I tell people that, uh, you know, our inside reflects our outside and our outside reflects our inside. So sometimes if you have a hard time controlling the inside, it's easier to control the outside uh, because we are more attuned to the physical 3D dimension that we live in and not so much the other stuff that we can't see, hear, feel, taste and touch. Uh, So it's easier to focus on creating space in your surrounding areas. So, and that looks like cleaning, organizing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really big into minimalism. Yeah. So the, you know, clear creates space and the more space you create in your physical area, it becomes easy in your inside area. It's just, sometimes it's easier to start there. Oh, a hundred percent. That stuff's clutter all around. It takes mm-hmm. up mental space. It just it does. does. You think it doesn't, like, why would it? But it does for sure. Um, And I think like I was forced to get rid of a bunch of stuff when we moved. It was just stuff we didn't need and whatever. And gosh, it feels so good to not have all the things. Oh, yeah. Oh, it definitely clears your mind. Um, So are your kids, are they well adjusted? Do they have confidence? My daughter does. Nothing can can dampen her day or her mood or nothing. She is just a ball of sunshine all of the time. Uh, My son, on the other hand, is exactly like me. Bless his heart. Bless my heart. But at (laughs) least I have the foresight of what I went through so that I can recognize um, the problems within him that I wish somebody had recognized in me. How do you help him? I just talk to him. That's really mm-hmm. all you have to do. Really, um, you just have to create space for the other person to feel what they're feeling and encourage them that it is okay to feel those feelings and that those feelings are valid. And kind of if they want to just if you if they just want you to sit there and listen, then that's what you do. And if they want you if they ask you for direction or help, then you're like either if you have great suggestions, great, but you have to be very subjective about them or objective about them. You don't want to be like lecturing, you know, it has to be their choice or it's not really going to matter much. You can talk all day and they're not going to implement anything because at the end of the day, it is up to them to do the work. Um, But if you don't know how to help them, then you can always be like, do you want me and you to go on to Google and see what we can find? And I don't know, just spend time with them. Keep that open. Yeah. All of our local love languages are different. And yeah. uh, for example, uh, my husband likes to take the children to do things. And that is great for our daughter. He, she's, she's all for it. And that is her love language. That is one of her love languages. But for myself and my son, we need that one-on-one quality time connection. Okay. So I have to explain to him every now and then. I'm like, now look, uh, you've been working a lot lately and we haven't seen you. So we haven't been able to spend time with you. We can go do this thing, uh, but you have to actually talk to us and interact with us, or we're going to leave this thing, not feel still not feeling like we spend any time with you. Relationships are hard. 
uh, in every sense. A relationship's a relationship's a relationship. It doesn't matter if it's romantic or platonic or family or whatever. A relationship's a relationship. And when you're trying to help somebody through their anxiety and their problems and stuff, when it involves other people, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, you have to all, and I, I tell my kids this all the time. I can only help me and you. I can't help you and them. And oh, that's, that's something that you kind of have to navigate on your own, but I am here and I can promise that I'm still going to be here no matter what. And I can promise that no matter what that turns out to be for you and them, I will be here for you to fall back on always. And I'm your stability and I'm your rock and whatever you need. I got you. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So do you like to read? I do like to read. I read a lot. What do you you like to read? (laughs) Textbooks. (laughs) (laughs) Like psychology? Uh, Sometimes psychology. Uh, I have a 800 page chakra book sitting behind me right here that I'm thumbing through. Oh my gosh, what in the world would they all have to say about chakras? That seems like a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, but um, it was a natural progression from meditation for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation and yoga, which led me into energy work and the patterns and how the universe works and how we, where we fit into all of that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, the more you learn about that, it's like you want more. More mm-hmm. and more and more and more. And it's just like your brain feels like it's, well, it probably is expanding. But um, yeah, I love all that stuff. And I love to read too. So I, when I talk to people that are like-minded, I'm always like, what are they reading? <laughs> <laughs> I want to read that too. Um, so where can people find you? Promote yourself here. Okay. So uh, all of my links are on my website, which is earthandwater.co. So it's not .com, it's just .co. Mm -hmm. And then all of my links are there. You can find me on every social media outlet, pretty much. So it's wherever you want to find me. I I try to make all of my content, because nobody learns the same way. Some people learn by listening. Some people learn through videos and watching. And then some have to see it written to digest it. And so I make sure that I have stuff for wherever, however you digest best. That's awesome. Because you're right. Everybody does learn different. And that's why I love about podcasts because some people don't want to sit or can't sit and watch a video or whatever. And they can do it while they're walking or while they're cleaning their house or driving. They can just listen and learn new stuff. So I love the platform of podcasts. I think they're amazing. But thank you so much for your time. I really learned a ton. I needed to hear a lot of what you had to say. The way you say it is very eloquent. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Of course. I might reach out to you again. So (laughs) sure. I'm always around. All right. Thank you, Savannah. And I'll be in touch. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.